I, I really, really do not understand the whole transgender issue. And I'm going to explain why. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Transgenderism, uh, first of all, is not even a word. It's, it's not even a concept. There's just, it just, it's, it's a made-up thing, right? The, it, it's, a fan, it's a science fiction term, okay? Um, and here we have boys or girls wanting to be boys or girls. And I don't get it because, like, the girls, in most cases, most, most leftists today are Caucasian women. And then they want to become a guy, which, you know, that's the patriarchy. And guys are, you know, they're demonized and vilified for being guys and for being Caucasian. They want to become girls who are leftists who vilify and demonize them anyway. And all of this is based on something called body dysphoria, which heretofore has been considered a mental illness. Now this is just you wanting to fit into your, in, into your ideal gender because gender is a social construct. Well, here's the problem. People that have body dysphoria, the way they're treating it, and Finland did a study on this. Finland did a study on this. It, this is akin to me going to, like, the auto shop and saying, listen, my car is not shifting, okay? So then I go, I, you know, I leave it with them, and I come back, and I pick it up, and it's got four brand-new tires on it. And it still doesn't shift, but it looks good because they didn't fix the underlying problem. So somebody who goes under the knife, see, somebody with body dysphoria should be laying on one of those nice leather tufted couches where they're doing the therapy and, you know, tell me about yourself, tell me about your childhood, your how did you get along with your mom, that, that kind of stuff. That's where they get treated. They do not get treated in an operating room with a bunch of sharp instruments in there to chop off their naughty bits. That's not how you treat it because when they get done and they come out the other side, they still have body dysphoria they haven't done anything to alleviate the mental illness now <laughs> this is a this leads to a bunch of things that that are really bad for individual people that have gone through this and um one of, the things they, one of the things I'll tell you, of course, is they're doing this to save a child's life, to save a young person's life. Now, you can go out and do a survey tomorrow and say, can a 12-year-old get a tattoo? Well, no, of course not. That's, that's forever. That's, that's altering their body. They're not old enough to make that decision. Well, can a 12-year-old decide that he wants to be a girl? Of course. I mean, that's the deluded answer you get from some of these yahoos that are out there talking about uh, there's such a thing as transgenderism. And then, I can only imagine how this would work. I mean, if I were to decide to be a transgender and I transitioned, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to wake up and I'm going to look at myself and, you know, all those pictures I've seen in the magazines of the really nice supermodels, I'm going to notice I look nothing like that. In fact, if I'm a woman, I'm an ugly woman. That's item number one, guys. We're not supposed to be women. Item number two. Item number two. Then I'm going to want to be everything that I can to be normal because now I'm in my new skin and everything's really good and everything. So I'm going to want to date guys. And then when guys find out I'm transitioned, they're going to be like, well, listen, I'm not gay. And I'll be like, oh, you transphobe. 
And I'm never going to be happy. And then once I get past that initial euphoria over the fact that my Audi is now an any, once I get past all of that, it's going to come crashing down that I'm still unhappy inside my head. On, and I've done all of this stuff to me that is, you know, I don't know how you chop something off and then say, oh, well, let's, re-, you know, it isn't like, you know, this isn't like the $6 million man where we, we, can, build, we can rebuild him. We can make him better than he was, bigger, stronger, faster. Uh, not in certain areas. <laughs> not unless I'm missing something. I haven't, there may be some things I haven't seen that they've developed in bionics, which that would be something to behold, wouldn't it? Anyway. None of this should surprise anybody. You can't treating men, you can treat a mental illness, but first of all, we've got to get past the point where we say, "Oh, you know, if we find out somebody was mentally ill, that's the same thing as finding out somebody had a limb cut off or something." They they find a way to work with it and live with it and live a normal life. They they through therapy they come back from it. It is treatable. Some of it is, some of it is not. I mean, that's just, this is, this is you know, life's tough. It, it is definitely not for sissies. And, um, but getting out there and giving in to this idea that this has become trendy and everything, everybody that, uh, everybody that this is going, that, that, that's going through this is giving into this. They're not doing themselves any favors, and we're not doing them any favors either. This is a total and complete lack of compassion and cowardice on the part of society to sit out there and get out there. Somebody on the text line said I might be a cutie. Do you think I'd be a good-looking woman there, Maestro? I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. You got to put some hair You've on You've lost there, your though. mind. You have lost it all now. <laughs> you got you to put some hair up there. Yeah. and there, <laughs> Look, I could, I could go out and get the Farrah Fawcett haircut from when she was on Charlie's Angels or Jennifer Aniston's do from Friends, and I'm still an ugly I'm, – I'm Bill Freddy with a <laughs> great hair and, and you know, Nothing else changes. That's just the way it is. Yeah. But. Great heart. The, the great hair part sounds pretty good, though, right? It's a very limited <laughs> plus, though. <laughs> it's a very limited plus. Um, so right now here in the United States, we seem to be full speed ahead on letting these people make these decisions and transition. Although they can't get a tattoo and they can't go buy some scotch and they can't go buy a gun and they can't vote. They can get out there and make this kind of a decision, and I, I can tell you, I can tell you, this, this is we have lost all sense of logic with this. If we don't do something to turn this around, we've got to stop encouraging this. And these people that have this going on, we they do not need to be belittled, and they don't need to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, marginalized in any way, shape, or form. They need to be treated. We need to find a way to treat them, to help them. And for those that are firmly believe that and everything, then we need to take them and maybe we should let them watch that surgery being done on somebody. I could not. I could not imagine that. That seems barbaric to me to go and actually uh, Do that to yourself. I just don't. I don't see how that makes anyone happy to do something like that to yourself. I'm being told uh, <laughs> um, somebody wants to buy me a Dolly Parton wig to wear on the uh, on the live stream. 
Yeah, you should definitely do that. I'm, I'm also being told that I, I might look good if I had a, if, if somebody else had a few beers. Probably some Bud Light would make me look good. Maybe in my Dolly Parton wig. I don't know. I don't know. We might have one around here somewhere. Well, that's all right. I, I'm, I'm just not that <laughs> curious to see how I would look in one. I just am not. I, when when I, when my hair I sure started am. getting thin, you are. <laughs> I sure am. <laughs> Listen, Maestro, I've. I've grown to be quite fond of you, and I think we work really well together. But <laughs> sometimes there's lines we just don't need to pass through, you know what I, I'm saying? He wants to shoot me now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying that. I didn't say that at all. At all. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the same thing that was surrounding COVID-19. This is the same mania. And we got to get past this because we're killing people doing it. Or they're killing themselves once they get this. Mike Johnson... If he's doing, if this is the way he's going to be, I'm happy. If this is the way he's going to be as the Speaker of the House, I am good to go. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. There is nothing I like better than to see somebody put a dilemma in front of the left and say, okay, I'll play your stupid game, but you got to play mine. And how long does that last? The GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Our new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, has gotten out there, and he's saying there's not going to be any more funding for Ukraine, which is the resident's pet project, unless or before the administration works with Congress to make extensive reforms in the U.S. immigration system, which would mean part of that would mean closing the border and getting control of it. And let the dilemma begin. And uh, I'm, you know, you see that and you get like that, uh, that Grinch grin on your face when you realize that you know how to make Christmas not come, that bring that pops up on my face. And then, but it, but then the next question comes up is, will Johnson stick to his guns? Now, if he does, then it doesn't matter what the rest of Congress wants to say, because he is the Speaker of the House and he can and will keep things from coming up on the floor if he does not want them to come up on the floor. So. He sent this ultimatum out in a response to Office of Management of the Budget Director Shalanda Young sending, sending a letter to your House and Senate leaders on Monday saying that the funding for Ukraine is about to run out. And she wrote, in part, There is no magical pot of funding available to meet this moment. We are out of money and nearly out of time. Cutting off the flow of U.S. weapons and equipment will kneecap Ukraine on the battlefield, not only putting at risk the gains Ukraine has made, but increasing the likelihood of Russian military victories. Already, our packages of security assistance have become smaller and the deliveries of aid have become more limited. If our assistance stops, it will cause significant issues for Ukraine. Well, the only thing he did not do that I would have done in this particular case is I would have said, in order to get any more money out of me, I need to see an audit of where all the money we've sent has gone. Because they've not only been sending material stuff, they've been sending money. And, and that's what this is all about. It's about the money. And in large part, what this has done is, uh, see, this combat does not have to exist 
Zelensky can simply get up there and say, okay, okay, Vladimir, I'm not going to become a member of NATO. And the, you know, some of the, some of the places they're fighting over, some of the places that have been taken by the Russians are Russian speaking anyway. And, you know, uh, you know, they were annexed, I guess, by Ukraine at some point. I, I may be wrong about that. I'm not sure about that. But I know that what is going on right now, it's never going to reach a resolution because Putin is never going to allow Ukraine to be a member of NATO. He is not going to have a NATO member on his border. Simple fact. It You know, that means that if he... If, if Ukraine becomes a NATO member, we can pre-position all kinds of weaponry in the name of NATO on there. I don't know who we'd be paying for it because uh, I don't know where it would come from because we've already sent a bunch of stuff over there. But having said that, um, now the question becomes, how does Biden get out from between this rock and the hard place that he finds himself in? Now, this ultimatum has teeth. And, you know, even as he says this, you know, I think about the images of John Boehner and Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell. They're dancing menacingly in my mind's eye as I'm thinking about this stuff. And he said, Ukraine aid is dependent upon enactment of a transformative change to our nation's border security laws. And he wrote in November, the American people feel very strongly about this, and I do as well. We have things that we can and should do around the world, but we do have to take care of our own house first. And as long as the border is wide open, we're opening ourselves up to great threats. And again, it's just a matter of principle that we're going to take care of a border in Ukraine. We need to be taking care of America's as well. And I think there's bipartisan support for that idea. And that's the magic line. If we're going to take care of the border in Ukraine, we need to take care of America's as well. That is as good a way to articulate it as there is. Now, I'd be willing to bet that a large majority of the Republican caucus under Johnson are sitting back there being all kinds of skeptical over this. And now that we've had... Gates get out there and depose one speaker. Uh, the question becomes, well, would this could this guy be deposed as well? Was he stupid enough to put the same deal in place in order to get voted for? So now the, the, the big trick for the speaker is to get out there within the Republican caucus and make sure that the teeth are cleaned and have no plaque to put the teeth into the ultimatum. He's got to get in there and make sure that he has – Every Republican, 100% of the Republican caucus has to be behind him on this. And then we have the actions to back the words. Words are cheap. They're worse than cheap. And with the Democrats, Democrats are like spoiled children. And when you threaten to punish a spoiled child and they do it anyway and you don't punish them, well, what do you think is going to happen? So I'm waiting to see. <laughs> uh, somebody on the text line is saying, do you know the politics of the Trojan horse? I think many of you misunderstand NATO, Russia, and Ukraine relationships. Well, you should pick up the phone and call us in. I mean, I, I have operated within the confines of NATO, although it was 33 years ago. I mean, NATO without America is not really anything. 
NATO without America is like the Salvation Army. So what is it that we're talking about in that relationship that, you, that you're describing there? I would be very curious to know that. Without America, most of these other, what everybody seems to think is an omnipotent organization like the UN or the WHO or any of these things, without American participation and protection, right? Uh, I mean, why do you think the UN is situated in New York? It's not because they love it here. Well, they do love it here, but, it, you know, they got enough, uh, they've got enough people out there that will uh, go along with it and uh, go along with the trashing of America and, you know, use it as a big money pot that they can just redistribute wealth. And that's why they're here. Let's kick them out and send them somewhere nice like Fallujah or maybe somewhere in Somalia. That'd be okay. Let's see how well they do there. So, I, you know... There's a lot of things in the undercurrent, but this is this is where it boils down. We just need to cut off the aid to Ukraine, period. It's not our fight. It was never our fight. Somebody wants to get out there and say, well, Bill, we need to raise a proxy war because we're trying to stop the, the spread of communism. We have done that over and over again. We did it in Korea. Didn't work. We did it in South, in, uh, in South Vietnam. Didn't work. Communism is local. It's a local thing. You don't have to worry about it spreading here. The United States can't be invaded. It can't be invaded to the degree that we would actually fall. Just because of the landmass and how big we are and, you know, you know we, we border two oceans. I mean, there's a lot of things that make America quite the fortress. So, plus... I don't worry too much about nuclear attacks because we have so many resources that they would want to tap into, and they would just be de destroying that as well. So I'm sure that we would get a few nukes, but it wouldn't be this nuclear Armageddon. So when, when I look at these enemies out there, they have to sort of tread lightly. But we spend more on defense than any than most of the rest of the world. So when you start talking about NATO or UN or whatever, they're not really anything without us. They sort of get, uh, they sort of, uh, if we pull out of NATO, if we pull out of the UN, all of a sudden things change. This is why I'm not president. If I were the president, item number one, I'm out of the UN, I'm out of you, and you are out of here. And they are, you know, they're doing the duffel bag drag. Everybody, I'll get them a first class ticket and we can go wherever they want to go. And wherever they go is probably going, if they go to Europe, well, guess what? That's going to become a Sharia state very shortly. Or if they go to the Middle East, it's already a Sharia state. Or they could go to China and just be, you know, Chai Cobbs, I guess. But they wouldn't, that would be nearly as much fun. One of the problems the Democrats have is they, they are looking at what they've done to Trump, and they're afraid that would happen to them if Trump becomes president. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. There we go. That, that fixed it. 
I've never heard that before. That's a new thing. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Robert in Greenville. Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Hey, brother Bill. Uh, Bill, I was listening to you say there the Democrats are afraid that Donald Trump's going to do the same thing back to them. Right. Uh, what Donald Trump did was he stumbled into a, a kickback scheme. Every billions of dollars sent overseas to these com- countries goes through a banking facility, and it's being shuttled money back, tax-free money. Uh, they don't have to sell anything. All has to be done is transferred the money back to them. And they're to who? kickbacks. To who? Um, whoever sends them, in this case, in Ukraine, is Biden. Biden and his um, DuPont people are getting kickback schemes from money going over to Ukraine. Okay. And, and we know this. Why? country's done this. Why? We, we, we know this. How do we know this? All right. Uh, I've been to Roosevelt Roads twice when I was in the Navy. Uh, uh, Roosevelt gave them $175 million back in 1950s. There's nothing over there that's even $2 million. They're m- Which Roosevelt? Franklin Roosevelt. Franklin, Franklin Roosevelt died in the 40s. Well, it was Truman then. It said 1950s in the uh, listen, history book I'm reading. Listen, okay, okay, and okay. Well, first of all, I would simply say whichever. They set up electric and water for them. Okay. But they're still getting tons of money back. You know what I'm saying? And But, you know, my, my first question would be, and, and listen, one, one of the most sobering things I ever did was when I segued from mechanized infantry into military intelligence, and I found out how they actually develop hard intelligence and what it actually looks like when they find it. And it okay. isn't it isn't it isn't a car with all of the bells and whistles on it. It's a, the base model. It's a very base thing. It's it's the Occam's razor version okay. of what is in, in Intel. What you're describing is a very elaborate scheme that would have a lot of moving parts that would be susceptible in every possible way. And you're saying this has been going on since the 50s, and since, we have not— Well, since 1933 is when uh, um, Roosevelt sent that $175 to Rosie Rhodes, or Puerto Rico. And meanwhile, Americans are standing in a soup line back in those days. Right. It was 1933. So, um, okay. okay, but... There's nothing over there in Roosevelt Roads that's worth 10, 20 million. So where did the other 160 million go to? Kickbacks through their banking networks. They set up a banking network, and whoever they sent, whoever receives the money knows to send some amount or percentage back. Okay. That's why it's all okay. even numbers. Okay. Let, let's catch up really quick and let's let's bring ourselves to the to 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 this moment, okay? So while right. you're while you're sitting there, while you're sitting there worrying about stuff that you say happened that you can't possibly prove happened in the 30s. They don't want Trump back in because of it. Well, I mean, but it, it doesn't matter why they don't want Trump back in. They've got a lot of other issues besides that. It has nothing to do with that. Trump's going to Trump's going to disrupt a whole bunch of stuff, but he's only going to have 4 years to do it. It's gonna. And it's gonna be a, a beginning. Bunch of billions of dollars. Well, you know, uh, it, it's it's These it's. Schemes are huge, man. They're making tons of money. I, I don't think. I don't think. Okay, listen, Robert. Listen, you're not listening to me. So while I'm, I've, I've been sitting here listening to you. Okay. 
So I want you to listen to me just for a second, okay? That kind of a scheme is impossible to handle through generations. That is impossible to manage that and not get caught. It is a very intricate thing. It has too many susceptible points to it. And if it were really, really happening, uh, these people would not be worth tens of millions of dollars. They'd be worth billions of dollars. All of these, and, and you know, right now you're saying I think it's they Biden. Are worth billions. You, so it, where where does Biden hide his be. money? Is it beside his Corvette? Where's all that yeah, money? That's the, I don't know where. It's yeah, you don't know, but and you don't know most of the rest of it. That's the thing. And here's the thing. This is the thing. Now you listen to Super Dave, right? You like Super Dave. Yeah, yeah. Now, Super Dave. No, I do. Okay. So, Super Dave deals with real stuff. He deals with a real threat when it presents itself. Okay. And and that's really all that we need to be concerned with. That's all we need to be concerned with. What we can really deal with. This stuff that you're, this, this is a distraction for you. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Unless you find some sort of proof. But it's. It seemed to be, uh, fall right in line. I mean, sure. if you're going to give uh, Puerto Rico $175 million and the Americans are standing in the soup line, where's the justice Was Was Puerto Rico a territory where, then when that happened? That was in 1933. Okay. I got the dates wrong. Okay. okay. The, uh, well, anyway, let me jump. Let me jump. I got another Congress. call coming in, Robert. Thank you very much right, for the call. All right. Bye. What we got? Or do we? Or Anyway, that kind of thing, I, I look at that kind of thing as just a massive distraction. We need to, uh, sorry about that. we need to, uh, sorry about that. Uh, what's your name? hard intel is one of those things. <laughs> you guys <laughs> on the text line, listen, we got to have the discourse, people. We got to have the discourse. We do. So we got to have the discourse with all people. We got time for this? We got like a couple minutes. Okay. Uh, it's uh, Tom from Blacksburg. Tom, what can I do for you, sir? Hey, what's going on, big guy? I was yep. listening to that conversation you were having with the uh, <laughs> last caller, <laughs> and uh, I just want to point out, and I'm not, I'm not normally going to point out when I feel you're wrong. Okay, but you're wrong when it comes to uh, uh, Trump going to, is going to do the same thing back. It's not going to, it's not going to be the oh, same. I, I, I never, I, I never got to that part. I never got to that part. This is a speculation on the left. That's what they're afraid of. That's what I was going to talk about. I never got to that part. Well, you're, you're right. But see what, what they're doing with Trump, it's fake charges. What Trump would do back to them will be legitimate charges. Absolutely. Absolutely. They are projectionists. They, everything that they're saying Trump's done, he, they do, they're doing, they're doing yeah, presently. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I agree with you on that one, but. Um, you know, I, I was just the, the whole point of this was just to point out the 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 left is irrational. They and they're the ones that kicked all the chalk blocks out of the norms when they went after a president. Oh, I know it. They're know the one. They, they, you know, it's like the song by Billy Joel. We didn't start the fire. They started the fire. <laughs> they started the fire. So you know, they started the fire. Yeah, Listen, they'll get turned back on them. Yeah. Listen. Running out of time. Thanks for the call. Thank you very much for the call, Tom. We'll get in, we'll, we'll get in on this thing with uh, the uh, the uh, the Democratic fears when we get back. This is News Talk ninety eight nine W O R D.
as we try to come up with a new set of anti-Trump talking points. We're going deep in the desperation playbook here with the left. And uh, the GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. They are afraid that Trump will do to them what they have done to him. Now, why would they be afraid of that? He's a Republican, or at least he runs as one, right? The Republicans never do that. They never give what they get. Well... I think they sort of understand exactly what kind of a quantity. He, Trump is an unknown quantity when it comes in on this thing. And uh, they're afraid that Trump will take and reconstitute the Department of Justice and weaponize that against them. The only problem is, and this is like Tom said, there's actual crimes they've committed. This isn't going to be lawfare, right? This would be going after the people that are... Uh, are bad that have broken the law, and uh, he would be take he, he would be going after the courts and after the guys who rig elections and the and shred the constitu- constitution and all of this, of course, is pure projection on their part. What we got here? What we got, Maestro? Uh, you got Ron from Moore. Ron from Moore. What can I do for you, Ron? Well, uh, what you talked about, Ingles, uh, you are dead on the money, man. That that is one of the best stores. That I've, I've gone shopping to, and everything you say about Ingalls is, and the people are so friendly. Oh, yeah. It's old like school. Talk, well, it's old school. Yes, I was going to say that. Just like, you know, you go in there, and it, it's like you're part of a family, and if there's something you're looking for, there's always people there to help you, and they'll, they'll bring you right where you, you know, uh, you know, where you're trying to find something. And right. It's, it's a great, it's a great shopping experience. I love it. It's like the old days. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, can I can I work, say one more thing? Absolutely. Okay. And this this is a gun question. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, you need to turn the turn the radio down though. I can't stand I to hear myself already, Ron. So don't make me hear myself <laughs> twice. What 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 would you like to know? Well, when I was uh, 16 years old, I bought a shotgun from this uh, elderly man. I paid $60 for it. It was in a cloth bag. It was a 12-gauge Browning automatic made in Belgium. Had the the heart stamped in the barrel. And it had a poly choke on it. And... uh, when I got married, my wife didn't like any guns, so I, I sold it, and uh, I think I made I made a big mistake. <laughs> well, okay, here's the thing about guns. I I know people that have guns that are older guns that are works of art that collect them, and they collect them as an object. Mm-hmm. I look at a gun the same way you probably would look at a nice wrench set or a hammer, and I'm going to take that wrench set or that hammer, and I'm going to beat it to death as I use it to do what I need it to do. And if it begins to mar the finish or it becomes uglier than it already is, I carry Glocks. Glocks are the ugliest guns known on the planet. They Even even Gaston Glock looks at him and goes, these are ugly guns, but they, I sell a lot of them, so he, he loves it. But, I mean, beyond that, I, you know, guns, there, there, there are people out there that look at them like Dewey has some of the best guns you've ever seen, some very old, very functional guns out there that would be good for collectors. I'm not a collector. 
I'm just a user and an abuser, but I am a law-abiding gun owner, which makes me a very dangerous person. I am too, but I, I was thinking about it, and because uh, my my son loves guns, and he's thinking about buying a uh, uh, an old timey gun, you know. Uh, uh, well, unless he unless he knows how to work on them, I wouldn't advise that. That's like no, getting just, getting an old just, old gun is like buying an old Chevrolet. If you know how to work on them, great. But if you don't, <laughs> if you do not. But listen, hey, man, I'm about to run out of time. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. The thing with Trump is this. Trump uh, is unbeholden to anybody, which most of these people cannot say. I would say DeSantis is probably the closest one to him. So Trump is unbeholden to anybody. Somebody that owes nobody anything in politics is unheard of and very dangerous. Because the establishment, he wouldn't even take his salary when he was there. He was basking in it. He doesn't need the money. So I don't, here's the thing. Here's the thing about Trump. I don't know anybody else that could have withstood this barrage. He could have just gone away. He could have said, well, now that I'm not the president anymore, we're going to start The Apprentice 2. Because he's never going to go away, away. He, he, he loves, he, he's an egomaniac. But that's not a bug. That's a feature. This is a guy that knows he lost because it was stolen from him. And his ego's not going to let that sit. So we'll see what we see. Some of you on the text line, you're like, Bill, are you so anti-Trump you can't? You're not going to hear ever hear me. I don't love any politicians. Don't like any of them. They have a purpose. I look at a politician in the same way I would look at a twist tie on a bag of bread. As long as it will twist and hold the air out of the bread and keep it fresh, I will use it. And as soon as it fails to do that, it is out the window. I am not emotionally attached to any of them. And I think that's one of the shortcomings we have. We seem to, we, we don't have heroes anymore. Well, we do have heroes, but, you know, today's heroes are like the parents that raise a normal child. Or the people that keep, stay open and, and small business is still the bedrock of this nation. Those are heroes. We don't have any heroes in D.C. We have a bunch of zeros. And, uh, you know, they, they lead because they're good campaigners. But campaigners, being a good at campaigning, that's not leadership. They don't know what that means. All they know is dictatorship and tyranny. You will do it. You will like it. You will own nothing. And you will be happy. Where have you heard that before? I can't wait till I get back here tomorrow, So, I, but I will have to. Because, so, you know, I'll be counting down to 22 hours between now and then. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.